All right, welcome to Craft Imperial. This is the Viking. I am the Bourbon Cowboy. We sit here, discuss great cigars, great whiskey, and have a lot of fun with banter and discussing all these great cigars and bourbon. We'll sit here every week with you, enjoy this podcast, different cigars, different whiskey, all the banter, a lot of fun, a lot of nonsense, and (laughs) that's what it's about. Thank you for joining Craft the Puro. Please enjoy this episode. Cheers. It's 90 proof. And we traded off two cigars and we do pairings and whatever and talk cigars and bourbon talk every week. Love that. And um, no, it was, it's been a good day so far. And then uh, to get with you, it's fantastic. Awesome, man. Dude, that, 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 that makes me very, very happy, man. Um, that that um, Old Forester, that's a navy blue label? Yep. Yeah, I had that somewhere, you know, at least that label somewhere, and I oh, I don't remember much about it other than when I tasted it, I was like, wow, this is unique. Yeah, it's not like your typical right. old Forester. Yeah. All right, Brian, we're on, man. We're live. Guys, that's, that's who you hear over there in the corner. Brian is here from Provada Cigar Club. We worked it out. He got stuck on the 101 or the A1A. or He was in the Keys, and he made his way back home, man. He's all right. He's here, man. Oh, really? You're just coming back from the Keys? No, I'm talking shit. Oh, I, I didn't know. No, I, I, I have to apologize, man. I, I, my wife kept reminding me all week. She's like, yo, Thursday, 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 yesterday. She sent me the email, hey, this is the code and everything. And today I just got home and someone texted me and I was like, oh shit, I just fucking flaked completely. So I apologize, man. Hey, this is this is like the second or third time this has happened and, and this is coming from a person that uh, I'm like 10 minutes early to everything, which is annoying in its, in its own right. And like, so to me, this just means I gotta slow it down. You know, I, I always love saying yes to people you know what i mean i mean the whole point of the club was like me sharing experiences with people and sharing joy with people and um and we've been able to do that but uh at the same time i i have to start you know i guess realizing my uh limits and stuff and you know what i can and can't do that kind of thing but i'm happy to be here with you regardless and Oh, I this hear that, brother. Unbelievable, man. I love this. This is, like, this, this is awesome. It's like you get the best of outdoors and indoors. Yeah, you we know, wish we were. We wish we were, yeah, sitting inside with you. And we're like glamping sure, with skulls, fire, <laughs> bourbon, cigars, and then zooming into Orlando, right? Yeah. It's Orlando? Yeah. Frick. It's amazing. Yeah. No, but that looks cool, man. Uh, my wife and I, we like right now we're getting good weather, but uh, you know, most of the year we're always like, we should move somewhere where it gets a little cold. Like it's, it's pretty swampy out here, but I guess I can't complain about that. Well, the other uh, weird thing is the iguanas. It's always like, man, it's so cold down here. The iguanas are dropping out of trees. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> where are you from originally? Um, what's that? Where are you from originally? Yeah, so I'm, I was born in Manhattan, New York. I uh, was raised basically in Allentown, Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half outside of New York. And then I moved uh, back to New York uh, after uh, school, high school. Uh, I lived there until I was about 31, and then I came down to Florida. I have to 
say, add, adding to that, that I've lived for three or four months in just about everywhere on the East Coast, and like you know, I've, I've gotten to experience a lot of different places. Even within New York, I've moved around a lot. Um, Lando is the first time that I've ever lived somewhere for exactly two years or more. I've, I've probably never done that since I was about 13 years old. So, um, oh wow, you know, and, and and it's been awesome in that sense. But I also like realize now that I'm like you know 42 years old, like it was really hard for me to commit to like just hey, this is where I live now and that's it and there's no fantasizing about going to Arizona or going to Montana or, you know, and, and, and all that stuff. So that, that's been uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, a learning process for me. So. so you're pretty much buckled down in Orlando now though, right? You guys got the facility going up. I mean, you're not, I don't want to say that's what you were saying. You're, just, you're done. You're in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, we're in Orlando and I, and I promise uh, uh myself and my wife just that you know for my my uh daughter who's three years old for you know stability in her life it's nice to grow up in one place you know and so i'm committed till through high school after high school gloves are off hopefully by then cars will be autonomous i'll get a fucking printer, <laughs> and that's it we're done i get to the bathroom in the back we'll stop at, at the gym for a shower and we'll just keep going then that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk uh, Pravada a little bit and a lot, and I promise this will not be your typical interview because I hate typical interview questions. Because if anybody wants to know your complete run-in-the-mill history, you guys can go see the Bovada podcast with Rob on YouTube. He's been on there a few times. You'll get the entire rundown. But I have yeah. to tell you, man, you were the guy that I, I've got an um, annoying amount of cigars to a point, right? It's kind of funny, you know? And you're the reason, like I've told these guys about the coolers, you're the reason that I moved. Now, I use Ozark Trail, right, because I'm too cheap for Yeti. That was supposed to be a joke, guys. You can't laugh and don't fucking judge me. Yeah, I know what you're Jesus saying. Christ. Um, but the reason the coolers are in play for sealed boxes and whatnot. And that's something, if you could, just for a minute, talk about that and what got you there. And then for Pravada Point... I want you to say what started Pravada and why you do what you do with these cigars and how you get them out. Yeah. That'll be the only real interview question. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm glad that you asked that question. I'm normally not that thrilled when people ask me that question, but I'm glad that you asked that question because I'm actually writing a book. I have no idea whether or not I'll put it out or not. I would never try to get it published, but I would self-publish it. Um, uh, but I'm writing a book on kind of the story of Pravada and the um, the the community aspect of Pravada and how it's tied into business and how I believe that Pravada is one of the most progressive, uh, most futuristic styles of business, and that I I truly believe that in the future, in the next ten to twenty years. Most businesses are going to be run similar to Pravada in a lot of ways, um, where it's going to be less trying to cater to, you know, hey, I'm a big business. I'm, I'm open for business. Anyone that wants groceries, you come here. It's going to be more like, no, 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 no. We're these kind of people. We focus on these kind of products for these kind of people. And our goal in life is to make sure that if you're into X, Y, Z, we got you covered and at a really good price because when all of us are getting together and pooling our money together, 
and we're all into this one product, we can get better deals on it and stuff like that. So th that's that's kind of what the uh, what the book is about. And so Provado, the, the short the short version of it is I collected a lot of cigars, and then I had to move into a much smaller uh, uh, living space, and I didn't know what to do with the cigars, so I tried to sell them. And when I tried to sell them, people didn't want to pay me what I felt they were worth. I was appalled, I was upset, I was, I felt disrespect towards the product. Because right, right. You just don't, and then, and then it just came to, an, to the idea of, hey, you just don't know what this is. So I tell you, if I gotta get rid of this shit and I gotta get rid of it at a lesser price than what I bought it for, I'm at least gonna make sure that you know what you got so that you know you got a good deal so that this isn't the cigar that you, you know, uh, smoke all day to work. You know what I'm saying? Right, like this right. It's gonna be your special Friday night, Saturday night, you know, that kind of thing. And so I wrote about the cigars and what made them special uh, and I put them in a three-pack, and I made it a subscription thing, and uh, which I'm not really sure why I did that, but I did that, and um, the rest is history, man. I mean, it was obviously there was a void missing uh, from the cigar industry, and, and uh, somehow uh, through luck and uh, you know intuition, we filled that void. It started out like shit. I totally saw it was a failure. I was like, this is, this was a joke. It was almost like, I honestly, I said to myself, I should probably take the website down because I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, this is a big fail. Like, and I don't mind failing in business, but like, I, I was like a little embarrassed because there was a few things that I didn't know about this business that had I done any research, I would have figured out, uh, which, also leads me to a couple of points that I talk about in the book that ignorance in business sometimes truly is bliss. Obviously, you should know about the field that you want to get into, but sometimes knowing too much will talk you out of doing what it is that you wanted to do. And, and, and here I walked in naively, and I told any veteran in my industry what I was trying to do. They would have laughed me off the, you know, off the stoop. And um, and here we are. We're like the hottest thing in cigars right now, and uh, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah, that's that's insane. Actually, the, what you said about um, you know, so I've I've been I've been smoking cigars for uh, 22 years. And next Thursday, it'll be 22 years. Um, and I've been I've been in and out of the industry for 14. You know, working shops, opening, closing, things like that. And uh, uh, in December of 2019. Me, the cowboy, the mad Russian was involved. We were talking about the cowboy and I wanted to do something. And I'm younger. I mean, I'll be 31 on the 14th. So I'm a young guy, right? And, and I just uh, turned 60 when I, uh, right week. before I, last week. Yeah. Wow. So, you, you look great, man. But well, hold on a second. Thanks. How will you be smoking for 22 years if you're 31 years old? Because I started I smoking that. when I was nine. <laughs> there's a story dude i've told it a million times you know like my 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 uncle used to have his friends over that's where the thursday thing really kind of came from is my uncle always played poker on thursdays well they got drunk and passed out one night and me and my friends thought we were cool and we snatched up this cigar we cut it apart with scissors and started trying to light it well my uncle woke up 
sat me down, stuck this cigar in my mouth, and made me sit there till I finished it. Now, I was wow. sick. I was sick for, you know, I don't know, two weeks, I think, a year in my mind. But then what started happening is every Thursday thereafter, he would, you know, I'd take a couple of draws off a cigar, and it just kind of went into that thing. And I've been, so I've been smoking, <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't the kid wow. in high school. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. I was... You know, I was smoking cigars. Cool. I was smoking Robustos, and everybody thought they were fucking blunts you were rolling in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, but um, what you were saying is like when we came into the podcast, I wanted to be very clear. I, when we did this, I didn't want to be another. I didn't want to try and be a half wheel. I didn't want to try and be a cigar authority uh, or a smoke. I didn't want to do any of that. We don't necessarily review anything. It's more of just an. Uh, completely rambunctious banter filled point of view on what we're doing which has been a lot of fun and that's why like when we talk to you that's going to be the only real interview question minus one more i want to know about that farm world stuff you've been doing because i'm enjoying the shit out of that that's fun okay that's really cool but um we we kind of followed that and i i can apply that to what you said about how ignorance in business really can be bliss because if we did just follow the guideline of the successful side of this podcast thing we would not have the the we have more downloads than we do followers on instagram which i find insanely all i enjoy that fact right we have more people that visit the website than they follow us on instagram for pictures which is really really cool and i think that's because like i told you this whole no holds barred you're gonna hear shit that comes out of our mouths that would get every comedian canceled on the internet right <laughs> just because no one cares about us yet you know what i mean <laughs> it's funny um but that's cool i, I liked I, li I liked how you how you said that that was fun man thanks yeah yeah man well that, that's cool and i think cigars are one of the few you know things that that you could you can just have a podcast about not nothing but about everything and and nothing at the same time and just it based it around the love of cigars you know and yeah. bourbon bourbon's another one of those things i mean you know this is the the cigar smoking community has really opened my eyes i was a singer songwriter i was mr cool new york city miami la guy i was you know, always, I would have never joined a cigar club in a million years. Doing this has been such a, an eye-opening experience. It's been so good for the soul. People, I, of course, there's bad people and everything, but most people, like, I truly believe this. Like, you can take a guy who's a, a fucking racist, right? If he smokes cigars, he'll be at a cigar shop and sit next to whoever, if he's black or white, he'll sit next to the opposite of who he is. A guy who hates this religion ends up having a cigar with a guy who is that religion. And, and it, it really brings people together. And more importantly, it brings out the best in people. You know what I mean? People who, there's a certain type of gene or chromosome or just a, 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 a like, or there's a, like people who actually get into cigars there's something in them that's a little bit more analytical and accepting than people who can't sit still to smoke a cigar. You know what I'm saying? And so the, this community has really opened my eyes to that and, and it's brilliant. And I, I've, I've got more friends now than I've ever had. And I do consider my members friends, man. I, I, you know, I take calls from these people. A lot of them have my number. I mean, you see, I do 
you know, Zooms or whatever. Like, I'm always open to, uh, you know, to, to, to hearing from people regardless of, I don't even look at, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, it doesn't matter I mean, what your audience is. It's just, it's about cigars, man. Even if I can touch one person through that and make our community stronger, I mean, that, that means everything to me, you know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun to be a little off off tilt and, and kind of crazy at times, but that's that's what this is. We we've talked about that forever. The people that are ever on this podcast originated from three years ago to this little thing that we were doing on Thursdays, where all of us got together. Everyone kind of rearranged work to make sure it worked, and we just smoked cigars for eight nine hours, and, and we'd have some drinks, and then we'd Uber home and just do you know it just hung out, just did our thing. Yeah. And then there were always yeah. new faces sitting in and around and we're out somewhere and we meet someone that knows someone and suddenly now they're smoking this or they're drinking that and it all just, it all collides together into this uh, like beautiful mess. <laughs> you know, it just turns into this collective thing. So Brian, a little background on me and Murray. Like I told you, I'm 60, just turned 60. He's 30. I met him about th three years ago, and I'm a contractor for the last 20 years. Me and my family are from St. Louis. We lived in Park City. I started building homes up there, and so I was a contractor, and I've always had a love for uh, spirits, and then I got into bourbon, and I was smoking cigars in the mountains, and I would have friends to, I had a, a ranch up there, and I'd bring people over and we started slowing shit down because right, our lives are so crazy. We would actually get a chance to sit down and smoke a cigar, drink some bourbon. And I lived in St. Louis. I've always been around the bar scene and I always wanted to open a club, but I was, I went to college, I studied art, I was a football player. Always wanted to open some sort of gathering place where we could all enjoy what we're doing. But in the back of my mind, I always said to my wife, I'm like, I don't want to open another freaking bar. There has to be, I want to ride this out because I felt like the future holds something different, something unique. And then when I met Mark and I found his love for cigars and his knowledge, he had a great knowledge of scotch. I had a great knowledge of bourbon. I had a great knowledge of cigars his much greater than mine we just somehow paired really well together and he was in a crossroads i'm doing my contracting he's doing his thing and i said listen brother let's let's talk let's do something together i'm not talking brick and mortar but i think if we could come together and come up with something cool where we could start gaining an audience and obviously me and him decided on a podcast craft and puro where we could rate bourbons talk about them talk about cigars the pairing and have banter not like somebody who gets on for 15 20 minutes talks about a bourbon and then they're out we would talk about what's going on we're drinking this we're having a great cigar and we were small ambassadors and we could create um a following of what we were doing and people enjoyed our loose banter and not getting too serious about it but yet build a clientele that we would get eventually to where we had a following and it's just been amazing we we've got i don't know somewhere around 1600 that follow us 
and wow. we would now with this COVID thing, which has even come in to play to maybe help us that everybody's at home, we're Zooming, we're reaching all these people that we know, we're getting them and we're talking. And it's like you say, we're waiting for the evolution of what's happening. So we're, we're just like small ambassadors talking about these different products, the different bourbons. And I always say, I think the bourbon industry mirrors really kind of what the tobacco industry does. And with this evolution of what we're going through with this experience with COVID, it's brought us to this point where what we're doing is what we're doing. And it's been fantastic for us and we've i just sky's the limit for us and reaching out to these people who are doing something similar and are maybe ahead of us like i think you're ahead of the game a little bit and um right. fantastic to have you on with us i, I appreciate it man I, it's um like i said i mean look at that where are you right now st louis you're in St. Louis. So you're in St. Louis. Who the hell? I know one person in St. Louis uh, in my prior life before the internet, you know? I mean, now here I am chatting with some guys in St. Louis. We all have a shared love for something. And um, it's just a beautiful thing, man. This is the new community, whether we like it or not. This is just the future, you know? Now, when everyone's vaccinated or herd immunization or whatever when COVID, you know is is not at a peak and we go back out are we going to go back out and gangbusters i don't know i didn't think so but now i'm starting to think so uh you know i i i don't know but the point is is eventually especially you see the way these kids live they don't go out they don't do shit. no <laughs> they is, don't this is the future this is a glimpse of the future covid life you know, sped things up a little bit and, and, it, and it gave us a glimpse of, and so, you know, I'm just embracing it because honestly, in my personal life, like in real life uh, or in physical life, I, I don't really, I have like one or two friends, you know what I mean? And, and with the community here, I have hundreds of friends and it's awesome and I love these, this, these situations. And I also notice that you approach people a little bit differently sometimes, uh, uh, through the community than you do in regular life. You know, there's a certain level of like mutual respect that yeah. is kind of expected right off the bat, you know? And um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm getting, I'm sorry if I'm getting a little analytical. I'm just, I'm writing about all this. And so I'm, I'm, it's like all really fresh. Like the last three days I've been spending at least hour just typing away about these concepts and about community and, you know, about uh, what I want to do is I, I want to use this Pravada experience and the success that Pravada's had and try to change business culture. Try to change. Imagine if these, pardon my language, these fucking douchebags out here that are trying to get rich quick with all the Ty Lopez bullshit and, you know, I look at me, I'm in a jet, I'm in a car. <laughs> if we can, if we, if we can transfer that, that desire instead of to be, not that, hey, you, you want to get a private jet one day, you want to be that successful, fine. But what you have to, to get there, culturally, I want to shift. I want it to be about community because I see how successful a business can be when it really serves the community and takes care of its people, the loyalty that's formed. You go from a business 
that does business with someone one time to a business that does repeat business with people all the time because they appreciate you and what you do for them. It's like, that. that's, that's where I'm headed with this. So sorry if I'm a little sappy, but it's all like fresh on my mind right now. Not at all. I think that's what is exactly happening. We're evolving faster than we were ever comfortable with right now. Everything is changing so fast. And um, I'm glad we're in the spot we are because a lot of people want to go to get that big box. They want to have it all real quick. And we're trying to take it slow and find out where this is all going. Mark, go ahead, dude. Yeah, uh, very smart. And so what's up with the Russians? What, what is this? Uh, what is this nickname? Tell me all about this. What's going on here? He's Russian. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 I grew up in, in Colorado, but um, the way the way I got there actually is. You don't sound uh, very Russian. I'm just uh, gonna say that well, right now. Okay. So the, the Russian the Russian guys that I knew growing up were very Russian. Well, okay. So I, he's I, a Denver Russian, so, uh, not so, a Manhattan, yeah, so, not a bureau Russian. Yeah. So, he eats so you, eat, you eat pork. Well, yeah. I mean, I grew up on it, but but. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so when when my, my when my dad came came from 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 Russia, um, he uh, he he started in Boston and and he had he, he had opportunities. He was well aware of of the the Russian community in in, in Brighton Beach in Brooklyn. People yeah. he, he knew from 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 Russia settled there and they and they they told him, look, you can you can move to to, to Brighton Beach and you don't even have to learn English. You can just settle in Little Russia. And 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 so, the the, the short of, the, the I'm shortening this a lot, but he um. So, the CIA used to have this this sort of propaganda broadcast, both by television and by radio. Radio was available in the larger part of Russia, and uh, the TV broadcast. The only time that he could get that was when he he'd go to to uh, the the Black Sea, and on, on on some of those it was illegal to watch it. And you could get in trouble for it, but but he was he was doing it anyway. And one of those, those he said he had this this small black and white TV, and one one of those those broadcasts that 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 that, that was on there regularly. They featured Colorado Springs as this uh, resort town where American Olympic athletes are, are trained. <laughs> and and so he, he he always thought like that's where I want to be. And so after he 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 was he was a, he's a math professor. So he was teaching in, in Boston, and then he had a, he had a job offer at UCLA. And on the way to UCLA, he 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 drove through through Colorado Springs in, intentionally, and and he 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 had he got an offer there, and he never left. I mean, he he bought a house in, in 1980, and he still lives in that same house, and 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 there were there were no Russians there. Uh, and but but his 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 take on it was that that when you when you immigrate to a new country you're not the the the, the goal shouldn't be to to recreate whatever you 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 left you you should assimilate and 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 you adopt the culture and the language and 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 that's that's the kind of house that I grew up in so we were bi bilingual but um you know uh, that that's that's very cool, man. You know, yeah. Look, you know, I, I I've had a lot of experience with uh, with immigrants in my life, both growing up, and uh, my wife is Armenian, and her parents, you know, came here in the '90s. So, you know, they haven't truly been here that long. I mean, I guess it's almost thirty years, but um, yeah, no, I, I see that. I mean, you can take one or two paths, and um, it's very comfortable. Look, it's, you know, I also believe that intelligence level has so much to do with a lot in life. 
uh, whether that be uh, IQ or emotional intelligence. Uh, you know, there's various different types of intelligence that people have. And it sounds like your father was a brilliant guy. He's a, he's a math professor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so for, for him to learn uh, English, which is not as, well, I mean, it's complicated because of the sayings, right? But I mean, it's a Latin-based language, and although he's coming from a non-Latin, so I don't know. But it sounds like he was a brilliant guy. So whereas... You know, it's like you put Mark Cuban in fucking Greece, and yeah, you probably learn the language. You put like, you know, Joe Schmo that, you know, is, can barely hold down a job at, at, you know, wherever in Greece, he's not gonna learn the language. He's gonna find the closest American or, or anyone that can speak his life. So, you know, there's a little, so usually what happens is, is it takes the generation, right? And so now here you are, you speak fluent English, and within one or two generations, you're, grandkids are barely even going to know that they're Russian or they're barely even going to think about it. And that kills my in-laws. Uh, they're very prideful in the Armenian thing and and they're just like, I'm sure they're not thrilled that, that she married me. But like, but I know it was a, it was a, an issue that we all had to like get past. And, um, and yeah, and I mean, I know it kills them to see the generations lose tradition. You know, it's just like a lot of uh, there's there's certain religions that religions that are just they just it's just it's just part of the American way is to come here and eventually assimilate into America, being American, and you, you do lose tradition with that. You also create new tradition like McDonald's and, <laughs> <laughs> and Long John Silver's. <laughs> right. So, so you know, I mean, look, it's, it's, you know, this is the best country. It's still the best, even with, you know, people fucking running in the, 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 the capital and everything. It's still the best country in the world to be a part of and to live in. People would kill to be here. We're so lucky to live in a time where you have, uh, it looks like a gas-powered uh, fire there, boys. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, you just, you like press the box, like it goes on, we got the internet, we got free porn, free, what the fuck? <laughs> how, much better, how much more convenient can life get? You know, which scares me a little. It, it, it does, it scares me a little, and, and I'll tell you why. Because you see that democracy and uh, the world in general, we're, we're one fucking you know push up away from you know all this could be a disaster and so m most people that let's say there was a you know god forbid there was a nuclear you know war or something like that and you have uh, new zealand great they're in the middle of nowhere they're the only ones that survive there's no electric there's no running water i mean how many of them would survive and for how long you know what i'm saying so yeah it's it's uh it is what it is but um but yeah, I'm done rambling. But yeah, and that's cool that you're. Uh, that's cool that that your that your your father had that experience. I, I, I respect that. But are you good at math? Yeah, yeah, but I didn't follow that. I mean, I I I have a degree in geography. I mean, I I I. I I graduated from high school two years early, and then and then and then as soon as I turned seventeen, 
I, I did what my dad didn't want me to do. I, I ran away to the Navy. I mean, he, he actually hated his like compulsory military service. So the military was exactly where I didn't, where he didn't want me to be. Like my, my, my mom uh, put me in, in, in Cub Scouts. And when I came home wearing that uniform, he was like, that's like the military. And he, he hated his military time. So he didn't want that for me. But you know, he, he, he adjusted over, over time and, and kind of realized that it's a very different thing in, 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 in America. And, and, yeah. and so, the, the, if, I don't know, um, and, and, and actually, you know, when you talked about the, 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 the community aspects of it, one of the things that I, 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 I like about, about, about this is that um, people engage with, with, with each other very, very differently. It's, it's actually, it's one of the things that I kind of hate about about, about social media. For, for for a long time, I thought about social media as this kind of necessary evil, uh, because 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 the, the, you you can you can there, there's one side of it where you can talk to people like there's no consequence. You can you you you, you can be you can be outright n nasty to, to to people, and 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 it feels like the the people on the other end are not real, and 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 so. I, I've always preferred the the, the, the in-person interaction, and so on, on on divisive topics like like, like religion and politics, those are the things they, they say you should not engage with with, with 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 other people on. That's not what you do in polite company. But but actually, th th those are those are those are meaningful topics, and and I actually really it, it enjoyed talking about those things. I feel like I I learn a lot by talking to people like that, and. When I started going to cigar lounges, and, and I, I picked up the cigars in, in, in Afghanistan, it was like it was it was it was a weekly ritual. It was what we what what, what we looked forward to at least once a week, and 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 and, and that was that that was that was actually a personal learning process for for, for me. Uh, and I I don't, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think I learned so much about cigars. I, I learned about so so many other things that uh, through through that the the the, the cigar education really kind of came from 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 these guys. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome, man. But the cigar um, thing, just like you brought up, I think one of the great things, and I told Mark about this. The reason I like bourbon is because of the story behind the bourbon, the cigars, the story behind what it takes to make a cigar, and then the cigar brings us all together because you can't smoke a cigar fast. You have to slow your ass down, chill out in a lounge or with your brothers in a fellowship, and it allows you to slow down your week, your month, or whatever the fuck you're going through, and actually relax and share some stories and have some fellowship, and that's why I think it works. At, at the very base level of it, and then enjoy and to be able to talk about good cigars that you and love. It's more about a fellowship as well as the bourbon. That's why I think it mirrors the cigar industry so well, as well as scotch too, but, and, and other spirits. But I think that's the great thing about the cigar. It, it makes you listen. You're, if you're gonna have a nice cigar and spend 10 bucks on that stick, you're gonna have to slow down for an hour or so and spend some time with somebody or your friends and tell a story. And, and and or hear a story and that's why i think it's successful you know and i think that goes back to that uh that thing about you know true cigar smokers being a, a little more open and and uh not analytical but you know uh 
it's a meditation. It's a form of meditation. And and you're right. It, it causes you. You have to slow down. It's not like a cigarette where you could just burn through it and keep it moving. Um, I, when I first started smoking cigars, uh, it was I think probably I don't know what got me into cigars necessarily, but I think it was I I enjoyed it uh, the buzz with alcohol, and I would go out and and I would go to this bar in Tampa. And it was one of the few restaurants, it was one of the classiest places in town, very expensive place called Oceanfront. They have an outdoor spot where you can sit and have cigars, you can have oysters, champagne, uh, uh, the bourbon selection is amazing, um, everything. And yeah, and, and you get dressed up. So Friday night, I'd throw a suit on, I'd go down there, a bunch of cougars, it was a cougar spot, I'd go down there, <laughs> and then, uh, older, older women, more mature people, I'd have a cigar, and the bartender there, man, he used to hook me up, dude, this guy was so good to me, and uh, uh, his name was Jared, he's still there, and he said, one thing he said to me, he said, you know, my dad always said to me, when you see a guy smoking a cigar, Oh man, I think I forget. When you see a guy smoking a cigar, that's a guy who's got some time. That's a guy who's got, basically what he meant was that that's a guy who has some time. He knows how to relax. You know what I mean? And so I think that's part of it is it slows you down. It's form of meditation on a, on the lowest pop level. It, it causes people to basically meditate, to chill, drop the heart rate down, calm down calm the thoughts down <laughs> and and you just you know you can kind of like uh analyze life or like be in the moment a little more you know 100 percent, man 100 <laughs> percent. i can't i can't <laughs> tell you you've probably seen the same thing you've seen that individual man woman the in-between you know whichever way You'll see him come into a lounge, a shop, or you'll see him sit down, pull a cigar out. They'll viciously cut it or chew the first three inches off of it, light it, and just torching the shit out of it. Ten minutes later, there's this gloss. That, and they're just... <laughs> Yeah, like they suddenly like start watching traffic or you know, they look up or get lost in a TV and they suddenly get real nice and... You know, they walk out. They got this different kind of like swag about it. They're kind of cruising out. Yeah. Now, I want to say, I want to. You got a pretty damn good shoe game, don't you? Did oh, I yeah. did I pick that yeah, up? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to. I got a shoe game yeah. myself, bro. Hang okay, on yeah, now. Yeah, Hold yeah, on. Right, now. Cool. All right, man. But I'm a. You're a. Are you you're a Jordan guy? Right. Well, uh, you're a Nike guy, right? You, know, you wear Air Forces. I'm a I'm a Nike guy, and I've I've most recently gotten into the Yeezys. Oh my god, I, guys, I gotta, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. This guy is fucking you. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the. I got a pair right now, man. These things are so fucking comfortable. It's unbelievable. Dude, they look literally, they literally look like if Michael Jackson were still alive, he would recreate the moonwalk in Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be the, it'd be the marshmallow puff. It'd be the marshmallow puff, and he'd just dance all over. <laughs> they're, like, they're like posturepedic shoes, man. Right. right. But somehow. Somehow, he was able to make the market want this, and then you put them on your feet and you melted to them. And Jordans are so uncomfortable, but I love Jordans. Dude, well, it's the same way. So, like, I love uh, like Steph Curry shoes at Under Armour, right? I love his Steph Curry line. I've got, uh, I've got ten of them. 
Uh, part of that is because I, I do run logistics for Under Armour, so I get this mean discount on <laughs> everything. Right. Um, but dude, they are the most uncomfortable damn thing to wear. And I'm like, in my head, in my head, I'm like, I don't watch basketball. I'm not a basketball fan. But I threw on some Steph Curry games to see if he's wearing any of these shoes. He's not. <laughs> he's not wearing the shoes. <laughs> I'm like, man, you got your signature. Every pair of Jordans I put on, I'm like, how the fuck does this guy play three, four hours of basketball? How, how, you, how did he film Space Jam in Jordans? That's all I want to know. You didn't do it. Yeah, remember when his shoes stuck to the stuck to the court in the opening scene? He's like, I need I need my Jordans. Nah, bro, you had Jordans on. They stuck to the court. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, um, so what's the climate like in St. Louis now? I know for years it was. I'll just give you an example, man. We and and, and I and I felt I felt shitty about this. Uh, we, my wife and I, before we had a child, we both. We're, you know, we have our own business. We had our own business, and we worked from the phone. So we used to travel across country a lot. Our family lives in California. We would drive out, and we'd stop in cities for days, sometimes weeks at a time. And um, we stopped in St. Louis, and uh, uh, I remember it was around the time of I think there was like riots, or it wasn't during that time, but it was like right after that. There was still a lot of tension in the oh, air. Oh, that was uh, Michael I, Brown. Twenty fourteen. The, the Michael Brown was it? The Michael Brown yeah. shooting? Yeah. Okay. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Right. I remember no, I was stopping here. somewhere, and this is after that. 15. There were still, you know, protests going on, but I remember it was still in the air, and we stopped at a barbecue place, and we had a. It was probably about 35, 45 minutes. We were coming from Kansas City. So it was in that direction, whatever that highway is. We pulled off, had a great meal, great family-owned place. And we were like, hey, what should we do in St. Louis? And they were like, stay in your hotel room. Oh, I, was like, I was like, why? And they were like, it's, it's dangerous. No. And I was like, really? And we and that's kind of what we ended up doing. We didn't do much. I have a question for you. Was that, was that actually St. Louis, Missouri, or was that East St. Louis, Illinois? Because... Because I, I went I went to my 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 wife's cousin's wedding my my, my wife who who like like Mark is from from New England and um, when when they all got up to, to do this dance I I ended up one of two people at this table and and this guy the, the, this old dude I don't know I still don't know how, how he's related to my wife but 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 he, he's glaring <laughs> he just snuck in the back door well, he's, he's, not related but to he's sitting there like he, he's 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 glaring at me across the table and he's like I heard you say you, you live in St Louis. I was like, "Yeah." He's, he's like, "He's like, that's not a place to run to raise a family. Those, 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 those your girls, your girls are are, are not going to grow up right because you live in St. Louis." He's like, "I've been to St. Louis." And I was like, "Really?" And so then he's describing this this experience that he had, and and he said that 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 he uh, that they went to gamble at the Casino Queen, and they got lost in, in, in some 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 urban neighborhood, and then were um, and and then and then had police escort to their hotel because 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 the cops told him that, that that they were lost and they should they 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 really should like take care of themselves. And I told him, "Look, man." You were in East St. Louis, Illinois. Not the same thing. He's That's like, just an urban myth. But he says he doesn't know. It's no, an urban myth. St. Louis is is in Illinois. I was like, no, man, no, it's not. Brian, the best. So you're from New York, man. Okay. So there's neighborhoods that you just stay out of the neighborhood. Okay. If you're not from the neighborhood, don't go in the neighborhood. St. Louis, the right. same way. 
but it's 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 a little it's a little closer I think than the than some of the areas in New York. Like you you can be on six city blocks in St. Louis and walk down the road to have dinner here, go get drinks here, go into this cigar shop here, go over here listen to music, and then at two a.m. go over here and have drinks again. Walk home, or you can get an Uber and go home. Now there are places. Yeah, don't be don't be cruising around drunk, not knowing what you're doing in certain neighborhoods, right? That's everywhere, you know. But like with with that, when that Michael Brown thing was going down, and there was this myth about you know if you're in North County or if you're in certain spots, you shouldn't be there. If you're man, that it, it was just it was it's another example of of like when the news got a hold of something, and they just wrote it all the way home. They never stopped for gas. They just kept cruising. You know, they pissed yeah. in the tank and, and Flintstone the vehicle home. They just kept going. <laughs> Never stopped and just kept going, man. That's what that was. St. Louis, St. Louis yeah. is, it's it's a super, super, super unique. Um, I mean, everything is within, will you say, 20 miles of each other? Hey, 30? 30 minute guys, drive. For- do you guys know Joe Knows Cigars, the, the guy on YouTube? No. Mm-mm. No, I got I got to hook you guys up with him, man. He's a really cool cat. He lives in St. Louis. Uh, you guys should definitely hang out, man. He's a cool dude. He's got a nice little YouTube channel. He's, he's gaining some traction too. What's he's it a called? Of the club. Uh, it's super cool, chill dude, man. J O N O S O J O N O S E Joe knows cigars. Cool dude. Um. Yeah, no, I hear you. So oh, here's my experience. Now, we got this hotel room right in front of the the arch. And Adam's Mark. I, I, what's that? Adam's Mark Hotel right in front of the arch. Yeah, exactly. And bro, it's, it's like a it's like a hotel like that, like senators would have probably stayed in in like the 80s and stuff. <laughs> and and it's it was it was like dated, but it was so cool. It's like retro. And uh, man, I could not believe how big that thing is. I just sat there looking out the window for like 24 hours. Like, can you believe how big this thing is? It's unbelievable. It was unreal. Um, but yeah, I really didn't get to go out and explore. We were on our way to Nashville or Louisville and, you know, it was kind of a layover thing and it was like a Tuesday night or whatever. So there wasn't probably much going on, but I wanted to explore a little bit more. No, man. Well, I hope you, uh, when you can, you get back out this way, dude. I know you've got plenty of people, but I, I would love give us a night, dude. We'll take you. We'll take you. The thing, the thing is, too, is you've got St. Louis. You've got the city, and there's so, so much to do in the city. Great restaurants, great places to go. But the thing about St. Louis is everything around the city. There's all the same to do in every different little neighborhood. Every neighborhood's got the the local bar, and then you got the dive, and then you've got the upscale restaurant, you know, and then you've got 20 minutes away, you've got the same thing in a completely different environment, and then you go 20 minutes north, you get the same thing, completely different environment. It's a it's a real real cool uh, kind of circle of things to do. You you, you won't get bored. There's a lot that to do. It's uh, all or it's all it's urban fun. myth. It's all urban myth because I can tell you I do contracting up in North County, which is a little rougher neighborhood. I've been up there for ten years. I've never had a problem. Never. I've never been anywhere in St. Louis. I've had a problem, and I, they're known for their food and everything. Do what? I find that it all, all most crime is all drug related. Yeah, it is. 
Um, but no, man, St. Louis is on the cusp of being a culinary giant. I mean, there's all these like, it's probably happened to all of America. There's these small districts where like you have the hill, right? Where a lot of Italian people live, great, great Italian food. And then there'll be the Grove and there'll be Central West End, there'll be downtown. And there's all these different little areas that open up that are unique and have different little nationalities and different things that they're doing. And it's fantastic. You just have to live through all that garb that you're seeing on TV. There's a lot yeah. of fantastic things happening here in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Are, are, you, are you guys watching the YouTube channel at all? Yes. Yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, good, good. You know, we're, we're, we're gonna be working on some more content and uh, I, I'm, we're having so much fun with that channel. Actually, I'm, 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 it's funny, I told I, I, I told Mark that, 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 that if, if we were doing this in person, that I'd have to find a wine glass for you to drink your bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, put your bourbon in a wine glass. Oh, Brian. Mark, get the wine glasses. The nose, the nose is so much better than even a Glen Carey glass. That's my opinion. It is what it is. We we actually we'll we're, we're drinking out of something that's not quite a Glen Cairn. It's actually wider. Yeah, it, this is a rocks glass, and a Glen Cairn had a one night stand, and this is what we got. Love it, love it. I love that because it gives you that. It gives you a bigger space of you know. Yeah. For sure, you, there, there, there's there's more of an aromatic release of the alcohol, right? So the alcohol, I think, so I've all, we always joke, like when, whenever we sit down and we all drink together, these guys are Glen Karen. God, they, they love their Glen Karens. I drink out of a rocks glass. Anytime I can, I drink out of a rocks glass. Because I think part of it is my beard. So I've got oils and everything in my beard and balm and everything. So if I have a Glen Karen, I put it up towards my nose and my whiskers touch it, the oil just hits it right away. So it kind of taints whatever's going on. But if you have a rocks glass, you have that, that open surface area, you get a better nose. But I think we're, we're gonna pour yeah. some, we're gonna pour some whiskey in a, in a wine glass to be a little silly. We're gonna do it. I, of course, it, I, I, I can bring it right get now. Get right. the wine glasses. He's well, getting the wine glasses. And, and you, you get to look pretentious as fuck. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, Brian, my wife has a background in wine. And you know how there is always an evolution for how you oh, get to shit. where you started and where you get here. And then my wife would say, hey, you should really, we need to try this wine out of a good wine glass like Rydell was big then yeah. and I was like I was like well I don't give a shit what I drink it out of I mean I don't really care and she's <laughs> like now really try this Rydell glass and when I started drinking wine out of a true like red wine glass I was blown away maybe it was a little bit of the posh you know like oh I got the right glass but no it, it, it changes the experience absolutely absolutely well we're so, about to yeah. do, we're about to put the whiskey in the wine glass man it's gonna get weird in there if you, and if you and if you uh, <laughs> i'll have to be a little fancy real quick and if you um if you and you respect what you're drinking more because it's like toasting the foot do you have to do it probably not but it's a ritual. It, it makes you respect the process. Hey, I have I have an applause button. Hang on, hang on. And we're clapping. All right, that was fun. <laughs> oh, that'll be great, man. 
it's all it's all it's a part of the experience right you know? Right. So, Brian, I want to ask you another, uh, let's let's get back to Bravado real quick, and then we'll go back on a rant. Yeah, yeah. I have to know, um, this uh, farm rolled experience that you put out, right? I am having so much fun with that. That's what I'm subscribed to now. That's what I'm playing with. Um, I am really, really liking uh, these rolls that are coming out. What, what, um, and I, I love, and I have to say, I, I really like how you put um, one, your questionnaire that you do online, the way you try to dial in a, a flavor profile for somebody, uh, a smoking experience level, um, I think that's inc incredible how you do that. That's really unique because a lot of the people that are, prob are probably successful that are doing these subscription, you know, two, three cigars a month or whatever now, um, they're starting to do it, but there's no base guideline that you're starting from. You don't have a static point. You know, from these other these other companies. You know, I think that's that's yeah. really unique. But with this farm rolled, uh, called an experience that you have that you're putting out, the sheets that you involve with where um, where the um, cigars actually came from, the farm, uh, the history behind the farm, the uh, direct from farm notes that you're playing with. Uh, what brought that up? What created that aspect? And you're hooked up with some fantastic rollers that you're doing this farm stuff with, man. So, Mark. the fact that, that you love it so much tells me that you have a great palate. Oh, thanks. Because, you're cute, too. <laughs> thank you. Uh, the, the cigars that you're getting in farm rolls, you should not, you should not, not be able to buy for, for that price. Okay? I could, These I, yeah. Yeah, these are cigars that I'm, I'm not bullshitting you. In person, I could show you. I can't show you on video or anything like that. Because right. I would lose the trust. I would well, if, trust it, the if, it, if it helps you, this video is not going anywhere. This is completely audio. No, 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 no. No, no I, I, I'm, I'm not saying uh, uh, for your audience that we can talk about it, but I'm saying I could actually show you certain things where... There are cigars that we all wait in line to get, and they're in Farm Road. They just don't have bands on. So, get the fuck out of here. Oh, 100%, dude. Dude, next time you, you open a Farm Road pack, I want you to look at the factory, then look at the size, and then I want you to Google that factory and Google that size. Okay, so let's, let's do this, because... I think uh, January's was Espinosa, right? I see where you're going with this. Okay. All right. Haven't smoked any of them yet, but I pop them to check factory, you know? Uh, all right, cool. So, so what I want you to do is research Espinosa, look at where he makes his cigars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. La Zona Factory in Esteli, right? Yeah, yeah. And look up that, look up the size of that cigar and the name of that factory, not everyone, but certain ones, you're gonna start to say, oh, no, that, that can't be that. Sneaky oh, bastard. It is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what happens? So here, here's what happens in cigars, okay? Cigars are a commodity. That's how this business has been treated. It's been bastardized, okay? It's volume, 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 get them out, put a pretty band on it, get them out, who gives a shit, no one cares. What, you know, the people in this industry think I'm a bullshit artist 
They make fun of me to my face, like playing, but they're serious at the same time. Oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, especially like the Cuban guys, they're always look at this fucking guy. Oh, oh, let me get you getting notes of pear and shit like that, right? And, <laughs> Marzipan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like, and I'm like, all right. Hey, you guys can make fun of me all you want because certain ones of you, certain ones of you, whether it's by accident, by practice, or just by the fact that while you're not analyzing the flavors, your palate is better than most people's, you're making a better product than most people. So what I was able to do is take the passion that I have for cigars. I look at these guys like the way I look at musicians, the way I look at chefs, and I start to... I have a mental playing card in my head that, that this guy's the Mike AJ's the Michael Jordan of this shit. He's the LeBron James. Fucking Espinosa is the Steph Curry. You know, uh, and so that's how I look at these guys. And so when these guys make cigars, it's not an exact science. And they're getting cigars that, let's say, you have your own brand, right? You want to make cigars that with Eric Espinosa at La Zona, okay? He has to buy, you order 40,000 cigars, he's gotta buy X amount of pounds or, or, or you know, whatever of the, these tobaccos. Well, you can't get it down, you can't tell the guy, I wanna buy 33.3 ounces of this, and <laughs> you have to buy the whole lot. And so when you get the whole thing, what do you think happens? There's stuff left over. So what are they gonna do? They're not just gonna make the 40,000, they're gonna get all the tobacco they need for that blend, they're gonna make the and then they're going to sell the 40,000 cigars with those bands on them. And the rest are just sitting there. And sometimes they sit there for seven, eight, ten years. Sometimes the cigars that they made for the, for the people were never even paid for. They never even picked them up. The company's not, you know, around. It was not, you know, it was a good idea. But, it, you know, they put the deposit down. But, you know, they only got half the cigars, stuff like that. So that's one rule is perfect example of a win-win and it's my style of doing business which is community based and what I mean by that is when you do a business right everyone wins I win because I have a little bit of margin and some profit there for, for putting my time and effort into it you win because you're getting a product that should cost 10 11 12 13 14 15 dollars for five dollars okay and the manufacturer wins because he had this shit sitting there and he's got to get rid of it so he can keep paying the factory workers and make a profit for his time as well. So Farm Roll was a win-win. The idea behind Farm Roll was, how can I pay you guys back? That was the initial thought. The initial thought was, how can I pay these people back? Okay, so Pravada is now successful and I'm like, I can't fucking believe my life is this good. I can't believe we have this amazing experience. I can't believe the people are filled with joy. Every time they see that box, they email me, they, they're, they're, they go online, they tell their friends about it. I can't believe what a good energy we're creating here with this, right? And then so I started to ask members, yo, how, by the way, how much more money, like other than the, the 27 bucks, you 26 bucks you spend on Pravada, how much, how much more money do you spend a month on cigars? And some of them were like $300. I was like, holy shit, we're, I'm not serving you enough. 
I'm leaving uh, a good buying power on the table where I can get you an amazing product at a good price. The company can make money to hire more employees and find better stuff and, and all that stuff. And so that's what happened. I was like, okay, how can I pay these guys back without bastardizing and commoditizing the industry? And so the way of doing that was to be able to go out and get these ultra premium products without the cigar bands on them so that we're not hurting the brand. We're not saying this brand is only worth $5 a stick because that's what you're paying for, right? And that's what a lot of the, the cigar clubs do. Yes. They, 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 oh, look at the savings. Uh, uh, every one of my boxes is at least $15 less than MSRP. I never talk about that. That's not important. It is not about the money. It is about, it's just like a bourbon. Bro, I've had bottles of bourbon that cost me 25 bucks that were better than $65 bottles of bourbon. Hands down, I don't care how much of a novice you are, you taste it. When you taste it, you taste it. And and so what I'm saying is, is it's, it, it, it was my way of saying thank you to the members by getting them more great products at prices that they can't get it for elsewhere. The only difference is, is they don't have bands on them, so we're not degrading the value of the brand, you know? And some of the brands love it, some of the brands hate it, most don't even give a shit, and a lot of them don't even know about farm rolls. Half the time when, I, when people try to sell me cigars, I'm like, you know, do you want to participate in farm rolls? And they're like, what's that? So, you know, a farm roll to me is the most slept on cigar club in the industry, and I'm shocked that everyone isn't in farm rolls. So, hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, very good. I'm Brian. I'm Melissa. Nice to meet you. Hello. I belong nice to, to I belong to the Russian oh, nice. here. <laughs> or he belongs to me, it depends on the day. <laughs> right. So so that that was the idea behind farm rolls. But, and it turned out that it's a nice win win for everyone. And, and and the cigars in farm rolls are no different than the cigars in Pavada. They're just as good. But you know uh, the way you're talking about it that that sounds to me like like the the the, the niche market that in, in in the whiskey industry that 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 the blenders tapped into so like here in 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 st louis i was i i, I was out with, with with a friend actually my, my my wife here was supposed to be with me uh but she couldn't get away from work we, we were we were sitting for lunch at at, at the scottish restaurant and this guy who didn't know anybody asked if he could join us so we sit down and we're talking to him for a while he t he says you know that he's he says all we know at, the, at, at first is that he's david from utah turns out david from utah is uh dave perkins and at the time he owned high west whiskey which he okay. has, has sold but he when 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 he finally explained who he is and and, and what he does he talked about how he 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 took all of the the, the leftover whiskey from 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 that, that that wasn't being sold from from a lot of big brands and he learned how to blend it and how to how to, how to create new and exciting products out of that it's it's not a waste product but 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 that was really his genius and 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 he would never tell anybody what the sourcing was but he said look there 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 is a gem to be discovered here so there 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 is something that is unappreciated that I, that 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 
that, that people are missing and 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 that's kind of what 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 I what I what I was thinking about as you were describing that. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and not seconds. I think a lot of our haters have been like, "Oh, he's just selling you guys seconds." They're not seconds. You can tell by the way they smoke. You can tell by the way they taste. They're not seconds. These are these are not cigars that someone that someone tasted or smoked and was like, "I can't sell these." They just, it's, it's just the way that our industry works. So I have so much fun with Farm Roll because we have cigars in Farm Roll that some of us, most of us have paid 13, 15, sometimes even $16 a stick for, and they're in Farm Roll. So Farm Roll is slept on and it's a win-win for everyone. It helps people, it helps the manufacturers get things off their books. It helps me get my people product at a great price, and um, and it just it just helps out, you know, everyone. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, you yeah. start actually when 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 I joined Pravada, first it was the, the introduction was was from Mark on the farm world, and then and then and then, and then Melissa joined as 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 a, as, a, as a farm member first, and then and and then she was sharing what she was getting. And and, and 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 I I liked it so much that I decided you know what I want my own membership I I I, I want I, I, so that, you know that's that that's that that's that's really how how I got into this. Yeah, oh, that's awesome, man, and, and and that makes me proud too. There's just you know there's just it, it's good to be new to an industry because you look at things totally different than the seasoned guys do, and. And I told a lot of seasoned guys about some of my ideas. They they would have tried to talk me out of them or, you know, just shown no excitement for them whatsoever. And and here we are, you know, we, we have such an exciting thing going on. So I, I was I was thinking that, that the that the biggest challenge for you would be scaling Scaling up while, while while providing the same level of service, I, I don't I don't know how, how 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 I mean that's that's a really difficult thing, because because part of it and then this is actually one of the things that, that that I've grown to really like about the about the Pravada community is that we're it feels like such a personalized service. I, I the, the first email that, that that I sent to you on at that that info at Pravada account, I, I said so I'm not really. I'm 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 not trying to to, to, to to test this to see whether whether somebody named Brian actually responds to me, but but I actually have some real questions, and and, and you know I I I I believe the response the response came from you and not just somebody who, who who you know from 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 a shared account. It really felt like a, like a personalized service from the very beginning. What what's your email? What what's the what's part of your email? Give me the first couple of letters of your email. M A R K dot S O I. Okay, you don't have to say anymore. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me look at our conversation. Can I, um... Oh yeah, and Melissa, right? Okay, got it. I'm Brian and Smoke Mark. Just update on the yeah, I got you. I know exactly who you guys are now. Okay. So, yeah, no, absolutely it's me. Um, sometimes it's my wife. Um, 
and uh, and we have a we have a customer service person that helps us out too. But that's one thing. If you direct an email to me, it will get saved for me. I, I will be the one responding to it. And so what happened was when we hit the seven thousand five hundred members mark, uh, I decided that 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 was the limit. That was the the most that I could scale the club and still be able to reply to people and give them a personalized service. So that's why we went private, Mark. Because okay. we had to. If, if, if I had not, we would potentially risk commoditizing cigars and being just like everyone else and not, you know, not being on the journey with you. Uh, and, and that's the most important part. Look, money's great. Um, but there comes a point where you you have to balance it out. If you're truly passion, passionate about the product or service that you're delivering, there's only so much you can do, you know, without bringing in other people. And I, and I really do feel like this, you're right, this is a, a more personalized service. So now with Farm Rolls, I have no problem scaling that because I have access to the cigars, I can make them, buy them already made. I mean, there's a, a, I, have, I have four or five factories. I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, AJ Fernandez factory makes 120,000 cigars a day. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, and that's regular okay. pro that's regular production output too. That doesn't have anything to do with the Maestro de Tempo, any of that, that's, that's all separate. He's also opening a new factory now to do another 50,000 cigars a day. Well, he just took so, over uh, 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 Padilla's Finest Hour, right? Yes. AJ is? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> it's already done, bro. Fucking <laughs> no. All those Dominican smokers will be like, oh, it's too high. It's just too spicy. Yeah, we'll see how it's long too, that lasts. It's too late and it's too fine. Padilla bounces around a lot. And, and that's part of the reason why I was always such a big fan of Padilla because each cigar, every time he releases, it's different. You know, it, 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 it comes from a different factory. You know, oh, is it a Padilla from 2009? That was Oliva. Is it a Padilla from 2004? That was Pepin. Is it a Padilla from uh, 2008? That was when he had his own factory. I mean, the guy bounces around a lot. And, and I find that to be very, very interesting because these guys that have a, a, a name, they typically have a couple of blends that they make. And when they make those blends at Aganorsa, that night, <laughs> uh, when they make, knows that. See, and it, your beard's not in the way, man. What you worry about? What you worry about my hair, bro? You leave me alone. your story. Actually, can, we should we should all do. Cheers. Cheers, bro. So now we we Thanks, we've, man. we've moved on to a, a, a cash strength Bell Mead out of Tennessee. <laughs> wow. Bell Mead. I don't think. <clears throat> I don't know if I've had that. <clears throat> so. Um, so yeah, so that that was one of the things that made me latch on to the deal was, oh yeah, that's, I've seen that. Um, different. I, I, I would hunt down his stuff and I'd want to try because they're the same blend, like the Miami 8 and 11, it's the same blend. He calls the factory, he says, this is my blend. And when he makes it at Aganorsa, it tastes one way. And when he makes it at Raices, it tastes another way. And I always found that very, very interesting to follow the blends. And that's why he was always a cult 
favorite of mine. And even yep. though he's not talking to me, even though he's not talking to me right now, I still love. Him. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> so let, let's let's do this now. No one's gonna see the video, but I want to talk about this. So I see I see Booth. You've got Booth, right? Who else do we have back here? So it's it's always easy to see Matt Booth because everyone see, draws actually, him the same way. That's 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 Espinosa. <laughs> yeah, right that's there. Espinosa here. Yep. Right. Paul Okay. Yep. Hey, that's what I'm smoking right now. Oh, are you really? Stuff. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Sure. Yeah. Dude, Paul Stulak makes—he's got great stuff, uh, and and some of the best tobaccos in the world. Okay. Sinistro, the, the guys from Sinistro, James and Coleman, Robert Caldwell. Yep. Uh, uh, HBC Rainier. Okay. Matt Booth, Pazia. Sorry, I moved my hand backwards. You're right. Pazia, uh, uh, Sandy Kobach from um, El Titan de Grub. Okay. And then we have Terrence Riley from Aganorsa. And we have um, uh, Jonas that, Santana from Blackbird Cigar. Okay, cool. Right and on, man. be adding to this. Oh, there's, yeah. There's tons more coming. Well, yeah, I got that John Huber painting up there somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So John, I, 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 there were two people that when I got into this industry uh, with this idea that I really wanted to represent very well. There were two people that I wanted to market their products well. I wanted people to know how special they were. One of them was John Hubert, and the other one was Pete Johnson. Oh, dude. John, John Hubert played ball with me a little bit, but neither one of them. Uh, I guess really found value in the so, experience. It's kind of cold, but I'll send you. I am I am the Crown Heads junkie of of. I've got more Crown Heads tattoos on my body than John Huber does. Wow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I've got um. Like we can't. So that's the fourteen Calaveras. That that, that got, cigar is what got me hooked on limited edition cigars. Dude, let's be honest. Top. 10 all time? 100%, but what okay. do you think about the Imperial? The Imperiosa? Uh, what do you think about it? Let's do that. It's not the same cigar. No, no not at all. Not, and, I, and you know, I think, how do I say this? I think the idea of, because I don't know if it was ever Maybe you can help. I don't know if it was ever reported it was the same tobaccos re-released. Was that the report, or was that the murmur in the wind? That was the report. That we had, that we had so much success and so much you know, fandom with this one cigar that we decided to, to try to make it a regular No, nope, it's not the same line. cigar at all. And, and, at all. And what happened was all the cigar nerds wanted to destroy him for that. There was so much back push on that that statement uh, that I think he very quickly got away from marketing it that way. Okay. Great that, cigar. That makes, yeah, it's, it's a great cigar, but it's not, and the problem is now, well, I wouldn't call it a problem. If you get your hands on a 14 now, you're, you're, you're sitting on gold, really. But that cigar now, looking at the tobaccos, that cigar is... <laughs> the tobaccos are almost 15 16 years old that thing is that thing is married so much that it doesn't you can't you can't because what you would like to do is you would like to get a 
brand new 14 Calaveras, right? The original, the original LE, right? Brand new, and smoke it next to the, the La Imperiosa, right? And then you can make that assumption. But I think half the issue is, is most people that wanted to blow John apart for that were the guys that never got to smoke the, the LE 14, got to smoke the Calaveras, and then they got the Imperiosa and probably didn't like it. You know, because that that's some of it. I, I have to believe that because not everyone got a hold of that cigar. The comments that I that I read made me feel like they felt like he was uh, just being enterprising and trying to sell cigar. John Huber. Yeah. Oh. That that was that was the that was the feeling that I got from reading the comments. Uh, nonetheless, he is in the business of selling cigars. He's got a brand. He's got a family to feed. I mean, you know, but. He brings his cool personality to the cigars, and it's cool, man. Uh, I, 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 I have so much respect for him and for Pete. Um, I wish that they embraced Pravada a little bit more. I really wanted to be someone who um, promoted them. Um, but I, I think they saw a little bit of themselves in me or maybe the younger next generation uh, of them in me, and maybe... We're a little like, I'm not going to fucking, you know, uh, give this kid something special to catapult him, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I'm not fair. sure you know, what that is, yeah. but it, it doesn't matter. We, you know, we, we are, we're all, you know, in this thing yeah. and uh, we all have our own you know, pieces of it. No, that's cool. That's not, that's, that's, that's cool. I want to ask you uh, about Romacraft. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, we're good. How do you, um, what is your, what is your, uh, what are, have you done, is there that opportunity there, or is that just uh, Skip being Skip and it is what it is? I was told in an email by his then, uh, uh, multiple times by his head of sales, uh, that basically, I mean, they didn't even, when we opened the shop, they didn't even want to sell me uh, Neanderthal or uh, or Aquitaine. They were like, they sent me a, a, a sign-up sheet. Because I was I was very excited because they wouldn't work with me on an exclusive. They're like, what are you talking about? We, we have all these stores that have been selling our stuff. Some of them sell, you know, 70,000 of our cigars a year. Those are the stores that are going to get an exclusive. And I was like, well, listen... I can't put your regular production stuff in the club because that's not what the club is about. So right. uh, maybe one day we can work together. And so when that day came, hey guys, I'm on 5%. If I lose you, your charge is not the same as mine, is it? Okay, if I lose you, you know what it is. And I'm, I'm gonna have to put my baby to bed soon anyway, so, but I, I, I'm sure I have at least three to five more minutes. Time, man. Roma Craft, when we opened the shop on the website, I, I was giddy. Called, hey, Danny, what's up, man? You know, I'm, we got the shop going. Let, let, let's get it popping, bro. Like, you know, what do you got? And he was like, here, here's the sign-up sheet. And I was like, okay, great. I asked him about the Black Irish. They took offense to that. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> and they were, like, they were like, again, why would we give you the Black Irish? You haven't even sold one of our cigars yet. And I was like, okay, I understand you're not going to give me the Black Irish. I'll take you know, uh, uh, 10 or 20 boxes of this. Okay. They are like, no, nah, the only thing we have for you right now is uh, whiskey rebellion and, uh, you know, something else. And, uh. and I was like, man, I, 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 I wish that we could, you know, kind of come to some, some, uh, you know, <coughs> I don't know, common ground here. 
And the email that he gave me was kind of nasty. He, he was like, look, you want the, the hot shit? You got to work your way up. That's what he told me, straight up. Oh, like shit. That. And I was just like, I was just like, how dare you? Because I'm on the wholesale website, which there's a big company in our industry that has a wholesale website where these guys sell them thousands of boxes of their products, and then they turn around and distribute it, and I can buy the stuff that you're telling me that you don't have or you don't want to sell me. Right. So why would I, what, I said, so, so to me, that was like, nah. Now, I'm not gonna allow ego to get in the way of me serving my people. And so I do pick up their good stuff that I want to carry, and I do put it in the, in the shop, and part of me wants to blow it out at ridiculous prices because it's like me, you know, being right, right. But, that, but that's not a good way to do business, and that's not who Provada is and who we are as a as a culture. And so I sell it at the MSRP or slightly under by five percent or something like that. And and I serve my people because I know you guys do want some of their products. They do have a unique product. They do have a special product. Their 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 culture is unique and special. It's just he seems to be a little bit hard to um, to get friends with. Now, on the other hand, I also hear that once you're in with him, the guy will fucking give you the world. So, yeah. you know, now ask me about Steve Saka. <laughs> 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 oh, well. He's, he's another guy, man. I don't know if he was introduced to Provada the wrong way or what, but he doesn't seem to like us or want to do business with us in any way. I've never been able to actually have a phone call with him uh, directly. So I don't know who says what to him or how they say it. It, it, it could be it could be anything. But those are guys that I have respect for. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, we have as good a product in Farm Rolls as, as most of these brands do. Hey, I, and that's that's gonna kind of going to be my lead-in. I was going to come back with that. That That's shit you're doing with Farm Roll, man. You do, do not stop that. That is that is uh, your your club releases that come out each month. Those amazing cigars that sit in them the whole nine. It's fantastic. I think you reach another level in that farm road. I think it's Thank you. it's super super unique. So I know I know Thank your battery's dying. You got to take care of your baby girl, um, right? Uh, baby girl, right? I'm not t- right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. I was I'm just making sure. I thought I heard that. Sorry. <laughs> Um, you guys, Hodge, you got anything for him? No, man. I just appreciate the fact of hanging out with you and uh, hearing your story. It's awesome. Oh, it's, it's my absolute pleasure, man. And I'd like to do this again with you guys six months, something like that. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, of, of course. Thank, thank you. It's it's actually good. It's not the same thing as meeting you in person, but I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you, that you that you agreed to do this. Oh, I, I, it's my pleasure. And, and I am so, so, so sorry that I wasn't on time. It's just not like me. And it really, it, it hits me in the heart when stuff like this happens. This happened also recently, which tells me I gotta slow down a little bit. Um, but uh, nonetheless, man, we got to make it happen. And, and I would totally like to come back on here. And when things are, you know, hopefully back to normal at some point, whatever that new normal is, I'd like to come out there and maybe just be on the podcast with you guys in person. Oh, that yeah. that would be amazing, man. Uh, if you come out here, we've got um, we've got setups and situations yeah. where we're going to take fantastic care yeah, of you, Yeah, by the time this is all shakes out, it'll be awesome. Yeah. 
We'll uh, we'll walk you through St. Louis in each one of our own weird ways. It'd be fun, man. Hey, look, you guys will be my, my St. Louis gang. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, <laughs> and, and I look I look forward to raiding your bourbon stash. Oh, right. Well, on. Boy, you better you better bring your backup liver, dude. We know a doctor. You'd be all right. <laughs> Brian, man, thank right, you man. Hey, so man. much, Have bro. A wonderful evening. Thank you so much. Right, Appreciate man. it, brother. All right, man. We are Provada. Yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, I think we just need to wrap this episode up and get into the fucking after hours. Holy shit. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. Right? Let's, Let's do it. Let's fucking do Let's it. Let's fucking do it, man. And we'll turn the music on. Let's Guys. take a five-minute break because I... Yeah. Holy shit. We're going to take a break. a lot. Dude, man, this fucking this is Crafton Bureau. Smoking is um, I'll get you guys with some ads. Um, Lit Cigar Lounge is we didn't get. I don't know if we talked about when I stepped away for a phone call. Um, uh, his his dealings that he's doing now with the the LCA, the shops in St. Louis that are receiving uh, special sites. So we know for a fact that we've got Lit Cigar Lounge our sponsor, and the yes. Hill has it as well. Um, uh, next week, guys, we've got Project Carbon on on the podcast. It's also my birthday, uh, but we have Project Carbon on, so that's going to take precedence. Let's just go ahead and start with that. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Brian from Provada Cigar Club, you guys heard all of it. We're going to jump in. The cool thing about this is the Soifer and all his genius and the Mad Russian recorded the entire Zoom call. So we have all that video footage that we can nitpick from cool. and we can take that for everything else. So this is the Viking I'm out. Let everyone say goodbye. Go ahead, Russian. That's been done, yeah. done, yeah. Hey, this is the Bourbon Cowboy. Giddy up. We'll see you next time. We're out. Craft and Puro is brought to you in part by Wildwood Pub and Grill in Wildwood, Missouri. Great place to go into to grab a drink, awesome food. A mixture of your neighborhood bar and grill, nightlife, and the baddest place to hit golf balls inside. Experience their four to five bay golf simulator, full 18 holes to a driving range. Go into Wildwood Pub, mention you heard about them on Craft Imperial Podcast, and you will receive a voucher for one free hour of virtual golf in one of the simulating bays. Drop in. Grab a drink, have some awesome food, amazing people, and enjoy.